Hey guys, and welcome back to another Iron Will podcast with me, Shane Warner, and John Chase. So what this podcast is all about is we are trying to get stories from people that have been through a traumatic experience in their lives and came out a different person. Yeah, they have all created an iron will. So what is an iron will? A burning determination that cannot be stopped or hindered by anything. Willing to do anything to get a desired outcome. Extremely resilient. So what we like to say is we like to say, just keep punching. (laughs) Yeah. So each time we interview a person on this Iron Will podcast, that's the types of things that we're looking to get out of them is... We want to make sure that we we understand their story, what they've gone through, because people have gone through a lot of hard things, right? We want to know how they've what they've gone through, how they've overcome it, and then what they're doing now to give back. And if you or anyone you know has a story that they would like to share on the podcast, my email address is shawarn at gmail.com. And you can send me an email and we'll get that person on the podcast. Right on. So sit back and relax and we're going to start the show. Welcome back to another Iron Will podcast. And I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast the other day and I heard something on it that I thought would be the perfect way to introduce our next guest. So it was some people don't have to look for hard times because hard times are everywhere they look. And I think that's really important because this next guest has gone through some really hard times in his life. So without further ado, here is Sean Costello. Take it away, bro. What's going on, guys? What's going on? Thank you for having me today. Yeah. Yes. I appreciate it. So um, just go ahead and start with um, when you were born, I guess. Um, That's really where your story starts. All right. So... From the my younger years, I don't remember. I don't remember my birth. I don't remember my young. The really the only time I remember as a younger child was around three years old in the last foster house I was in because uh, my mother died when I was younger due to a drunk driver, and I never knew my father. He wasn't in the picture, and he dipped out. So. Uh, after my mother died, nobody could take care of us, me and my sister and my siblings. So they threw us in foster care. And uh, the last foster home I was in, uh, they they would beat us. They would uh, have locks on the outside of the doors to lock us in. Uh, I remember having two just raggedy mattresses on the floor where me and my sister would have to sleep for whether it be days or weeks. At a time, I always remember, you know, seeing other kids play outside from me being locked in the room and looking out the window, having to, you know, pee and poop in the corner because, you know, they wouldn't they, they wouldn't let us out. You know, uh, they would let us out to watch TV, eat pop, eat uh, pizza, snacks. And, you know, if you didn't do that, you'd get beat. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse. uh 
then after once my adopted mom and dad, I call them mom and dad because, you know, they've been my parents all my life. Uh, so how older were you when you got adopted by them? I, I was almost four years old. So I was three at the time. And my sister, Caitlin, was six, five or six, I believe. She's a couple years older than me. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I was three, almost four at the time. And uh, they came, they did a walkthrough of the house and in the whole process. And they ended up getting the uh, foster foster house shut down and all the other foster kids removed. That's just because yeah, the living conditions, the, I mean... It, it it was so bad when I got adopted. I I could barely talk. Uh, my hair was falling out. I was malnourished. You know, wow. uh, it was many years of speech therapy, many years of learning to talk properly. I mean, still to this day, I got I'm on an IEP with school learning disabilities. You know, yeah, special special classes. Uh, but you seem so, like you. Um, I would I would say that from talking to you, you seem like you're an extroverted person. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I try to be the the light of the party everywhere I go to. Yeah. I try to make people laugh. I try to kid, even if I got to crack jokes on myself and make fun of myself. Yeah. So so be it. You know, it's, that's the uh, way to go, man. That's yeah. the way to go. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, life's too short to uh, to let negative situations or you know, whether it be your past, whether it be your present, whether it be your future, you to, gotta, uh, you gotta live in the now, huh? Oh, oh, absolutely. And I've done that all my life. I mean, I have a tattoo. It says dream as if you live forever, live as if you'll die today. And I live every day. Like it's my last, like even before the accident, I was a go hard, go a million miles an hour kind of person. And, yeah. you know, t to be honest, I, I, I didn't know if I was going to live to see the next day just because, sure. you know, you're young, wild and dumb. And I did a lot of young, dumb, stupid shit. Yeah. So. I, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, back after I got adopted, it was, it was a good, happy time. My, my adopted mom, Andrea had a, a son from a previous marriage and everything was good uh for a couple years then things just started turning turning south it was a lot of like between your um two adopted parents or yes yes how do you mean yes between okay. my adopted parents it it was you know they were going through a divorce a messy divorce uh there was also, you know, a lot of things going behind closed doors with with other people in the family with, you know, sexual abuse starting again yeah. and and everything else. So eventually, you know, my my two adopted parents, my parents called it quits and I ended up living with my father and it was just it was it was, you know, five minutes away, a five minute bike ride from my mom's house. She got, she ended up getting remarried and, uh, all that. So, so do you uh, feel like that was the best place for you with your father? Uh, at the, 
at the time, there was a lot going on behind closed doors, me just being a child that nobody knew about because I didn't know how to speak up and I didn't know how to say, hey, this, this isn't right. You know, I, I, uh, I, you shouldn't be, you know, touching me this way or doing this or that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So w- it, I'm not. I'm not going to say it was a bad environment at my mother's house. Absolutely not. Uh, but you know, if she knew what was going on behind closed doors, would things be different? Maybe. But it's water under the bridge. Yeah. So, uh, but after that, you know, uh, I lived with my father. Still saw my. Still saw. Still went over to my mom's house. Then we ended up moving to Cincinnati. The start of my eighth grade year. And where uh, were sorry? Where were you before this? Columbus. Columbus. I was in Clu- okay. Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. So that completely rocked my world because I had all my friends. I mean, my you know my mom up there, my other my you know just everything. My entire life was there. So that that definitely uh, that definitely I mean definitely hurt did a number on me for sure once we moved to Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, because I, your support system, even though you didn't know you were going through a lot of the stuff that you're going through emotionally. Yeah, it, it was just normal to you at the time. Yeah. And that, yeah. that yeah. when you lose your support system, that can really do some, some damage on the psyche. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Because it was, it was, we, we, we moved to start of eighth grade. Everything was good. Uh, I started, you know, smoking weed and sneaking out of the house and just being, just doing real mischievous stuff. Mm-hmm. And eventually it led to me just having a mental breakdown, uh, having to be acquitted to a psych ward a couple times just because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know how to speak up. And the only way I could cope with was drugs and outbursts. You know, sure. just and and at the time it was I, I didn't know, you know, having an anger issue, anger problem, uh, trying to I'm never one for, you know, talking about my problems, talking about anything. Yeah. I, I, I keep it locked up, you know, I, th- I think that's just a guy in me like any guy. We don't want to talk about our problems or be soft. Well, that you get a lot out of talking about your problems and that's my hope for this podcast is that we can help people to talk about their what they what they've been through you know exactly yeah, well, absolutely uh i mean that's why it's just something lately probably within the last year that you know listening to you know Dakota Myers and everybody I listen to open up about their demons and their past and what they've been through. And it's, I can relate on a lot of levels and I hope my story and the madness I've been through and will probably continue to go through will help somebody, you know? Yeah. I I guarantee it will. You, you never know, you know, somebody that listens to your story or background and, you know, a, a, I can I can relate to a lot of people on many different things. So, yeah. So uh, I was on the Dakota Meyer podcast, and it's amazing how many people reached out to me after I did that, and yeah. like c- 
could relate and I just felt um like I wasn't alone, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. So back uh back after we moved to Cincinnati, eighth grade started, you know, smoking weed, hanging around the wrong people, sneaking out at night, uh, going on cruises with friends, you know, taking their parents' cars and uh then it led to just anger. I mean just just rage. Uh went to children's hospital I do, you know, how to get shockwave treatment done, talk to a psychologist, meds, and the meds they would put me on would would just make me a complete zombie. Yeah. Uh there were there were many nights there were many nights that, you know, nobody nobody knows this that, you know, I'd be in such a deep sleep, I'd be I'd I'd be completely out of it. I'd I'd urinate the bed and I'd be in eighth grade, you know, eighth yeah. grade and a mm-hmm. freshman in high school because these medications would would zombie me out so eventually i i you know talked to my father and told him you know i want to i want to stop them um i don't want to feel like that i can do it myself so for many years it was self-medicating with drugs yeah uh and trying drugs and you know just that whole drug lifestyle and fast life and getting drugs and trying them and hanging with the wrong people and just all the bad stuff that comes with it so that happened for, for, for many years after high school. Then my son was born when I was 20 and me and his mother were, you know, still, still using and still, you know, living the lifestyle and doing all the crazy stuff. But did having your son open your eyes a little bit? It, yes, it did. But at the time, you know, I was, I was young. I was stupid. I didn't, you know, I wanted a family. I like, I can, I can truly say I wanted a family, but the young party animal go getter, you know, don't want to listen to anybody was like, I'm going to go do what I want and I'm not going to have anybody holding me down. So that happened for, for probably the first year or two I was, I was, you know, not faithful. I was in and out uh, of the picture. I was getting in trouble with the law. I was, you know, doing drugs, hanging around women, hanging around you fake friends. Then eventually, you know, me and my son's mother just called it quits. And it was, it was probably two months after the, uh, the accident. So... At the time, how old were you? I was, I just turned 23 after the accident. It was like two months after, after I turned 23 and my son turned three years old. And what year was this? 2013, November. Dude, that's incredible so far, this this story. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because we want to hear I'm the I'm almost just speechless of what you've gone through to this point. It, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing yeah, it, that you, you – just listening to you, knowing that you still are cognitively there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You haven't just lost your marbles 100%. I mean, I'm sure there was a time where you felt like you were, but, you know. There, no, there was, a, there was a time where I, I think I, I believe I was 16 or 17 years old. My mental mental health was so bad with uh, – my the girlfriend at the time, her name was Jennifer Baines. 
that uh, one night it was, I think, our three-year anniversary. She wanted to drink alcohol, and I wanted to do mushrooms. So I ended up doing mushrooms, and she ended up, you know, drinking alcohol. Well, later that night, I the drugs got a hold of me, my mind got a hold of me, and uh, it just, you know, things things weren't good it went that on night. A bad trip. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah, very bad. It was, I think, one of the worst times of my life. So I later that night, you know, went down in her kitchen, grabbed a knife, went outside, and was pacing back and forth and talking to whoever was not there. And she comes outside and she's like, Sean, what are you doing? And of course, I'm out, I'm out, out of my mind. I put the knife behind me and I say nothing. And she walks towards me and I say, you know, I'm not going to hurt you. She said, Sean, I know this. Well, I ended up pulling the knife out and putting it up to my neck and pushing as hard as I can. Uh, she screams. She, she freaks completely out, runs inside. And her mom's like, Sean, I mean, Jennifer, what's the matter? She's like, what, what? And I just remember how she said it. And her mom's reply, she said, Sean just stabbed himself. And she said, he did what? Yeah. And a high pitch screaming, like, what the, what the hell? And I just remember, I couldn't feel blood running down. I just felt my shirt and chest wet. Because wow. I, I, I was not I was not there. And I walk towards her front door and her mom comes outside and does a, a, a curling scream. And the only thing I said was, call my dad. Yeah. And she said, no, we have to call the cops. I said, no, please. And eventually she just called my dad. If my dad showed up, they stopped the bleeding. Did and uh, so she I, called the paramedics. Also, I'm assuming. N- no, no, no. It was <laughs> luckily, l- luckily, luckily, it was. Uh, it was. I mean, it was. It was. It was deep. But luckily, it was. It Didn't was just hit an artery of, or whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was just. It was just the the tip of the knife that went in. Okay. And luckily, you know, it's just you know. Just, just another, another part of the, part of the story, part of the madness, you know. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, you you gotta, you gotta take life for granted. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. I, 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 I get, you know, I get. I don't, I will never understand why people take their life, but yeah. I, 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 I've, I've, you know, I've, I've been very close. I get it, you know. Sometimes yeah. it's. So I don't know. So there's there's a little side point with that, and maybe some people listening will will you know it'll help them because there's a lot of stuff coming out, science and things like that, saying that you know hallucinogenics aren't really damaging your brain and things like that. Okay, fine, whatever. But it's what people do when they're hallucinating that's dangerous. And this this is exactly the point right there. What you ended up doing to yourself because of the hallucinogenic it's not it's not that it was like damaging your brain i still think some of them do but but it's the point that that you were so far gone that yeah, you you end up doing things i mean i had a uh, my brother's friend he ended up jumping off a cliff they were out hiking and he was he was on some hallucinogen and he ended up you know thinking he could fly 
jumped off cliff yeah. and he died. Oh, yeah. oh, yep. And, you know, if, if he was in his right mind or even just high, he probably wouldn't have done that. Yeah. It's just, oh, it, wow. So, yeah, I, I, I completely, completely understand that because there was a time I was tripping with one of my best friends that passed away, Jason Pittman, and we were on the balcony of the third floor of my third floor apartment and it's snowing and it's a blizzard outside. And I told my buddy, Hey, Jason, let me jump off. It'll be like jumping into, jumping into uh, a pillowcase. And he's like, no, Sean, don't do that. That wouldn't be good. So, you know, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. You know, people, when you're in that state of mind or not even in a state of mind, think things you know irrational yeah. things right. and you think it'll be okay but i mean in reality you're you're not you're not in the right frame of mind so right. it's yeah it's okay so wow man so let's let's go to the um your accident um so far we can we can totally attest that this guy has an iron will right oh yeah yeah totally definitely. has an iron <laughs> will because he's here talking to us after everything he's and, gone through I've seen him at the physical therapist, like doing some crazy shit. Yeah, I watched some of that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it'll amazing, be. Man. It's I appreciate it, but you know, I got bigger and better things once this coronavirus stops. <laughs> yeah, and we're allowed to come back. I got yeah. I got bigger stuff planned. I already I already came up with crazy ideas, and I've asked the therapist. That you know, hey, you you want you want to try it? And they're like, sure, why not? That's so, interesting because. With my brain injury, I made crazy plans of what I was gonna do, and yeah. I um accom- accomplished a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Have you seen yourself? You're kicking ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? You're that's that's amazing what you're doing, man. I love it. Thank you. So about the accident, it was uh, it was November 10th. It was uh, me, and my son's mother, just. Called it. I just called it quits like two weeks before after, you know, nine years. And uh, it was one night my buddy hit me up and he's like, hey, Sean, you know, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. I'm sitting around the house. I was down. I was depressed. I didn't want to do nothing. And he's like, hey, let's go out. Uh, there's, you know, a couple girls at the bar and I'll pay for everything. I'll pay for all your drinks. I'll pay for everything. I was like, no, I'm good. You know, I'll stay in. Well, about it was like 30, 40 minutes later, I hear a, I hear a bang at my door while well, I open it. And of course it's my buddy, Matt. And he's like, Hey, he's like, I'm not taking no for an answer. Get ready real quick. We're going out. And I was like, okay, you know, I was like, okay. I, I, I was like, I'm not going to sit around. I'm not going to be depressed. All that. All right, cool. So, uh, we ended up, you know, hitting the bar up the street and meeting up with a couple girls stayed at the bar. Uh, it was it was like one in the morning. I think we left one, one thirty. And I remember getting in a car with him. Uh, I remember he did a big burnout leaving the bar. Then I, I don't remember coming down, uh, the powder factory hill. I don't remember, uh, like getting on state on state route 22 and three. I just remember we were at a at a light again, and he and he does a burnout and just speeds up because he was driving thick. And I knew there was going to be a curve in the road, and in a in a sh- kind of you know a big turn. 
I was like, Matt, slow down. I was like, Matt, come on, slow down, slow down. And I'm now I'm screaming at Matt, slow the hell down, stop the car. And the last thing I remember was the car kicking sideways. I'm yelling, oh, shit. And we hit the guardrail. And I remember hitting it, and the car jumped on top of it and started sliding down the guardrail. And it flipped once. And I just remember tossing in the car, flip, flipping like around in the car. And that was the last thing I remember. Uh, then from what my father told me was once I got to uh, Miami Valley in Dayton, Ohio, uh, I was I was laying there and I asked him to pick up my arm. I was like, Dad, pick up my arm. And he said, why? And I said, I said, because I can't lift it. And I knew something was wrong, but I, I was just broke my neck. Uh, I was about to go in for surgery. I, I, you know, I, I didn't fully know what was happening because I was under, under drugs and whatever else they gave me. Then I woke up. It was a couple of days later in, in my family, like my, my, my two older sisters were there, my mom and dad, my son's mother, and a couple other people. And, I'm in a hospital, but I can't move. I can't talk. I and can't do it. That's the first thing you remember. That's the first thing I remember. Yes. Uh, and how long was this from your accident? Yeah, I think it was like a week, maybe a week or two. So, uh, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't talk. My, all my family's crying and, and I, I, I couldn't say anything there. They just said, Sean, you're in an accident. And, and they showed me myself through, I think it was a, a cell phone or a mirror. And yeah, it, that was a blow. Yeah, that was, that, was, a, that um, was, uh, do you, um, so what happened to the driver? Uh, to this day, I, I, I believe he ended up hurt. It was, he, he ended up hurting his, I think it was his arm or leg somehow and had to get a skin graft. Yeah. Uh, but other other than that, besides like bruises nothing. and cuts, nothing. Yeah, he walked away. He walked away fine. That's wow. crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I ended up breaking my neck, damaging my C three and C four vertebrae, and having a incomplete spinal cord injury. And my C three vertebrae got knocked out of alignment, locked over my C four, and they had to use a hammer to knock my C three off my C4 and fuse my vertebrae back together. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, it was eight months in the hospital, uh, ICU. It was, you know, ventilator out of halo on, uh, went full cardiac arrest, had infection, had sepsis, blood clots. I've been, uh, collapsed lungs, punctured lungs. I've had, I, I don't. I can't even count how many bronchoscopies I've had. So yeah, that's, it wow. was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was like seven months in a long-term acute aftercare where I had to, you know, relearn to talk, relearn to, you know, swallow, relearn to eat, relearn to breathe on my own, get and off the ventilator. This is 2013. Yeah, that's 2013. Okay. It was. Uh, yeah, 2013 November. So. For the next, wow. it was a, it was the next 
next couple months, because I remember it was around Christmas time, I had Christmas in the hospital room with my son and had, you know, my family members and friends bring a little tree and they went out shopping and got gifts and yeah, still made sure, you know, even under, even under, you know, me hooked up to machines, keeping me alive and pumping food into me that, you know, we still had a Christmas. So that yeah. was, that was, that was really awesome. So it's just amazing to me that your attitude is so good to yeah. this day. Like you could, and I'm sure a lot of people would have expected you to fly off the handle because of your um, past experiences, like trying to commit suicide and stuff like that. But from what I see of you, you're just always getting after it. Yeah, you, uh, I've, you know, I've been, I've came to the conclusion, you know, I've been blessed with life every day. Uh, I've had... All, all the stuff I've done in my life, uh, I mean, all the car crashes I've been in, all the, you know, bridge jumping and cliff jumping and street racing and doing, you know, 175 in a car with buddies and just all the just crazy dumb shit uh, yeah. that, you know, life... So- life Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, So do you feel like you learned that because of this situation or do you feel like you always had it or where where does that come from? I feel like I, it might've always been inside me, but I never knew how to bring it out. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, if it was inside of me, you know, uh, I, I never knew how to, Take the anger, the rage, the pain, the, you know, just, just the monsters. And I never knew how to control them. My thing was always drugs or anger. And, you know, I I never knew how to take all that energy, that negative energy and turn it into something positive. So I've thought at times, my injury was b- the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, not in uh, the outcome or whatever, but, um, yeah, not, the phys- not the physical, yeah, part. not the yeah. physical part, but mentally it set me onto a different path. Oh, absolutely. This, uh, this, this injury. Yes. You know, I became paralyzed. I became a quadriplegic. Uh, there's a lot I can't do physically. I know this, but mentally, it turned me into a savage mentally i can mentally i can i will take on the world i will like i tell my therapist you know you can't wear me out try it please try it (laughs) try it physically you know physically when you take me off the treadmill i'm gonna fall into your arms because i physically can't do it but mentally mentally i'll go go all day long yeah you pushed yourself to your breaking point that's awesome oh Oh, me, me, yeah, there's, there's been times up at OHU, I've pushed myself, and I've passed out, and I've woke up like, oh, shit, I know what happened. And they're like, Sean, like, you almost died on us, please don't ever do that. And I'm like, you know, you gotta, you, you either, you either go hard or you, or you don't, yeah. you know, you're, yeah. you're always, you're, 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 the you're, videos you're, I've watched, you're always talking shit to the therapist, oh, yeah. and, oh, you, you got to, dude, just, I mean, if, 
if if Beg, you're not begging you know, them to turn up the heat, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you have to. I mean, I see so many people. I mean, they're there physically. You know, they're there. Yeah, they're there. They they do. You know, whatever whatever physical therapy thing they're doing. But you know, it. it their attitude. They don't want to be there. You know, when I'm, when I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm, 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 I'm focused. I, I will have, I will joke. I'll kid. I'll laugh, but I'm, I'm 100%, you know, military minded. I'm focused. I'm on mm. a mission yeah. and, you know, n- not a damn thing's going to stand in my way. So it, and, and, and it, it just, it upsets me when I see, you know, if you don't want to be there, don't be there. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're wasting, you know, you're, you're wasting a spot that I could take, you know, I could, I could use extra time or you're, 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 you're wasting it on somebody who, you know, really wants to truly, you know, better themselves. Yeah. And, and, the, you know, to, to be an asshole towards the therapist and the people around you, they're here to help you. You know, oh, yeah. you want to be a dick, then go somewhere else. Uh, sure. So, I mean, I, yes, this, this injury has stopped me from doing a lot, but it it's mentally it's opened me to endless endless of possibilities. Yeah. Endless possibilities. For sure. I, 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 I know deep down, uh I know a lot of people, you know, will say, you know, you're an inspiration. You do this, you're gonna walk again. I know deep down that one day I'm, I will walk again. It's not going to be today. It won't be tomorrow. It may not be even, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, but every single day I'm going to put in work and, uh, I'm going to, you know, give it my all or I will leave this earth and I will, you know, die trying. Dude, so that is the definition of an iron will. Right <laughs> yeah. There. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's man. that's that's all I can say. You know, I can I can make posts. I can talk shit all day long. I can talk shit with the best of them, but I will let my actions speak for me because yeah. I know in my mind I can do anything. You know, when your mind and body connect, you you become limitless, and I become limitless in my mind. And there's not going to be a thing on this earth that's going to stop me from accomplishing that. That's the. That's best. all I can yeah, say. That's you know. I'll let my attitude. I will let my actions do the talking, and you know, it's not going to. It won't be five years. It may not even be ten years, but eventually, it it, it has to happen. Yeah, man. The cool thing is, is that you're okay with that. That like. You, it takes time, yeah. Yeah, that you're you're okay with committing to the process yes. of it, yeah, and know that the outcome might not be right away. So some people may not have even come close to what you've gone through, um, physically, yeah. mentally, any of it. But they're still there's a lot of people that still give up. They're at a place where they they're just like, I don't know what to do. I don't feel like I can overcome even the small demons that they have. You've overcome yeah. so much that it's like such an inspiration to other people. That I mean, that, that's a testament to what you can do in your mind. That you can oh, you can basically just make that commitment and be like, you know what, it's a process, but I'll get there. I'll get so there. So I want to ask you, um, what makes you feel good about yourself these days, like post injury? Honestly, what makes me feel good is helping others. Uh, you know, and just being the light in somebody's dark time. It's, uh, that, that's really it. And to see the people, you know, I care about the people I love, even though, you know, I may not talk to them all the time or every day, succeed and strive and 
do great things. You know, that's, that's, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Powerful I, man. I, I want this world to not be so crazy, uh, and appreciate everybody because, you know, uh, literally you can be gone in a second. I could be talking to you guys right now and I could get in a car and leave and get hit by a car and be dead. Yeah. And that's it. So the message, you know, I just want to leave this world better than it was before I came in. And that's all. So awesome. Is your whole thing like live for today? It's live for every day. It's make every day the best day you can, you know, uh, you get 24 hours in a day and you should make every minute, every second, every hour count. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I, I try to tell this to people, don't stress what you can't control. Uh, cause you know, there's a lot of things in life you can't control. So why stress them? Why get mad? Why get upset? Why let it ruin your day? Uh, you choose, you know, how you want to react to situations you choose. If, you know, you want to have a good day or if you want to be, you know, an asshole or be in a crappy mood all day. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And since your accident, um, what makes you feel accomplished? What makes me feel accomplished after this accident is, is just knowing that, you know, I won't give up. I can't give up. Uh, and, and just proving to doctors, proving to others that, you know, even with a bad background, even with, you know, going through a lot that you can overcome things and, you know, make the best out of a situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. For sure. You so, know, there, there has to be a little bit of a, I like how you're saying, even though uh, you got to have just a little bit of defiance, you know what I mean? A little bit of um, rebellion to the norm, like so, so somebody or someone or something's going to say, well, you're, you're overdoing it. You can't, you're never going to make that or you're whatever. And you got to say, yeah, I am. And almost prove them wrong. Like you're saying, prove the doctors wrong. Chip on your shoulder. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, and, and really, I mean, really, really what caused that was the neurosurgeon who did my surgery I overheard her tell my dad he will be nothing more than another Christopher Reeves. Yeah. And, and that right there was like, okay, you know, you, you said this to the wrong person. Like, yeah. Like, uh, uh, like it now, now it's just, now it's just a, it's a challenge. Well, I mean, I I almost felt like I, wished they wouldn't have said that but if they wouldn't have said that who knows if you would would have been in the mental state you are yeah i uh i i don't know i don't know if it would have if it would have changed my mentality or not but it's you know my mind is on a mission i have one i have two missions in life make become you know the best father i can be for my son and guide him uh, in the right path for life and make sure he doesn't do any other stupid <laughs> stuff I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, you know, and actually, you know, guide him in the right direction. And, you know, number two is, well, he's uh, already got a leg up because he has a dad, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 It's maybe one day, you know, he will, uh, he'll see it that way. But for now, things are, things are rocky. 
How old so, is he? He is nine. Okay. So, but my my second my second thing is coming back and getting back on my feet. Yeah. That's that's, that's my that's the only two two goals I have in life. So. And um, I've noticed you doing some upper body body work. Um, yes. Is that getting better also? Yes, it is. Uh, it's. I have a I have a, a dip machine I use. Yeah. Uh, then like then like I uh, I will put like free weights in my hands, whether it's like one to five pounds, and I will hang my arms off my wheelchair and just let them hang there and lift them up. I mean, as high as I can and let it hang back down, and I'll do that. I don't, I don't I'll do it till you know I. I can't lift my arms anymore. And uh, do you have to strap your hands to the dip machine? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, yep. I have to do that with my right hand on a lot of stuff because, mm. um, open, opening my hand is really hard for me. Yeah. So, um, I'll, we, we've gotten creative sometimes. Yeah. I strapped his hand to a, to a, a bar one time so we could do some rotational stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it worked, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you just got to do what you can't or what makes it possible for yeah. you. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, th- there's a lot of adaptive equipment out there. I mean, I don't, there's, there's active hands. Uh, but what I'll use is just, uh, like a, a flexible, flexible kind of like rope material. And just kind of lasso my hands down to the machine. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but upper body, upper body, upper body workouts are are getting better. It's my thing is stretching. That's yeah. that's something I really really lack on. Do you uh, have like spasticity? Oh yes, yeah. It's my spasticity is sometimes so bad. My legs will kick up almost to my chest. My arms. Mm-hmm completely straighten out my legs will kick up and i have to you know kind of like straighten them out and they kick up again yeah. uh so and that's why yeah. we're that's the reason why you're getting botox right yes yeah for for spasticity and uh for like pain in my neck okay so I, so i used to get um I used to get Botox and I switched to Baclofen recently. Yes. And I, I didn't like the way you, um, like you would have to go back every four months for Botox, but I felt like it wore off like in three months. So I just can never find a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. But with me, Botox will work. It helps. But yes, it, it, when it wears off, it wears, oh, yeah. it wears yeah. off fast. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so like what now? And I'm not a fan of taking prescription medication. So it's, that's understandable, it's, but yeah. 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 Or, you know, pharmaceuticals or anything like that. Uh, I don't even like going to the doctor. You, you literally, I, I mean, I have to be on the, on the verge of almost death to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like me <laughs> yeah seriously i mean the last time last time i went to the hospital i had pneumonia and a collapsed lung and my doctor's like sean what are you doing you you have to go to the er like <laughs> right now yeah so yeah i i try to stay away i mean 
I, I love, you know, the medical field. I have a lot of friends in the medical field, but I try to stay away from you know, hospitals and doctors. Yeah. They're there, so, they're there for use when you need it. And, and yeah, I like that. Yeah. So yep. um, you talked about a little bit about who is motivating you right now. Um, yep. You talked about Dakota Meyer and yep. a couple other people, but is there anyone else that you really look up to and has been driving you through this um, this experience? Uh, yeah. Number one, uh, my son, my father, my family. Uh, especially my father, he's been there through, you know, everything. He's been every, you know, every collapsed lung, he's in the room, every bronchoscopy, every, every time the doctor comes in, just, I mean, there hasn't been, he hasn't missed a day. So that's, uh, that's, that's a big motivation. Oh, yeah. When I was in the hospital, my mom came there every day, no matter like it was in the winter time. And a couple times she had to ride the tracks up to see me in the hospital. And she yeah. always made it every day. So I, I can relate to your um, feelings of, I don't know, ad admiration for your father. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's. Yeah, he's uh, he he he's he's been a major rock for sure. Well, dude, this is this has been a great like a great episode, man. I is there anything else that you would like other people to hear, or um, is there any like social media that you want to put out there? Yeah, yeah, anything, anything like, like that, that? that you'd want other people yeah. to to see, to follow you, I, you know, all that kind of stuff, and just kind of yeah. I mean. I, uh, I, I, I do what I do and I got on the, this podcast and I post the videos, not for likes, yeah. not for comments, not for mm -hmm. a follow. Uh, I do it, you know, number one, because I want people to, you want to help my people. Story. Yeah. Yes. I want people to see my story and, and go, you know, because of Sean, I, I, I didn't give up because of Sean, you know, I, I ran that extra mile. Absolutely. I, yes. And you know, I guarantee I, that's what people are going to use this for. Yep. It's that, that, that's good. That's, that's my main purpose. So if, if somebody can listen to this and it stops them from, you know, whether it be getting in a car with a drunk driver or yeah. pulling that trigger or, mm -hmm. you know, just, Stepping on the gas pedal and not letting go until, you know, you, you hit a brick wall. Uh, I want them to know, you know, people out there have been through what you've been through and it's, it's okay. You know, it's okay to not be okay. So mm -hmm. it's, you, you live to fight another day, uh, and you live to, you know, keep punching. So yeah. that's all you can keep do. Keep punching. Yeah. Yeah. Punching. That's all that's, that's that's a that's, the hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Yeah, it's a hashtag. Yep. Hashtag keep punching. Yep. That's all you can do. Yeah, absolutely. So keep, keep swinging regardless. You know, <laughs> yep. I, I I I I can. I mean, everybody's got this in them. Every everybody, every every single one, every every person listening, they just have has, to find it. Yes, has has what I have. Yeah. I mean, I, I I am not special. I am I am. A guy from a small town in Ohio who, you know, 
has been through a lot in his life, who suffers spinal cord injury, who got dealt a shitty hand, but, you know, I'm going to play my cards yep. uh, to, to win. So, Dude, there's still a royal flush in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, ab- oh absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You just have to keep playing the hand. Yep. So Right on, man. That is I appreciate awesome. it. You've inspired me today. Oh, yeah. I, I, definitely. I like that. I like the feeling. I like... I love your story and how you've you've been able to overcome so much. I, I love, love how you keep a positive attitude throughout it all, you know. Yeah. And I, and I know it's hard to do that, but even if you're not feeling um a hundred percent, you always put on that face and you always are positive and outgoing and uh, and I really appreciate it, appreciate that. So you're awesome. you're absolutely. You're welcome, man. It's, uh, you know, the great saying, you got to fake it till you make it. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I have my days. I'm like anybody else. I have my days. I just, but I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to stay in the house. I don't sure. want to do nothing. Uh, but the key part is you can't make those days last. Yeah. You know, I get it. Everybody, everybody will have a shitty day. Everybody yeah. will. We're human. Yeah. Uh, the key is, you know, you can't let you, you just can't, you can't let, you know, that one day or that bad breakup or the divorced parents or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the molester who molested you win or whatever it yeah. you, you, you can't, you just can't let it win. You have to keep going. So I think that's, that's awesome. uh, yeah, like John said, that's the um, definition for iron will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, pr- Really appreciate you coming on here. Um, Absolutely. I just want to say um, thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate yeah, it. It's awesome. I, pre- I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you taking the time out to have me on your podcast. And uh, if everybody, you know, would follow the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Follow, you know, yep, follow. Uh, absolutely. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.